Welcome to The Farm Project, where a group of ex-members and concerned loved ones take a deep dive into the Christian nonprofit organization based in Holden, Missouri called Harvest Home, Our Father's Farm. We want to caution our listeners, especially ex-farm members, that this episode comes with a trigger warning. This episode also comes with a disclaimer that the information presented and opinions expressed are solely our own. Hi everyone, this is Dee and I will be sharing R's story today. Just to start off with a disclaimer, the information presented and opinions expressed are solely our own or the author's. Um, you can also read this story at our website at thefarmprojectmo.org. There's all the stories are on there, but we thought we would come and read them to you on here just so you can, um, just for your convenience and to listen to these stories. And then we also will have a conversation sc and i will have a conversation afterwards so without further ado here is our story i was young i was depressed i had been sexually assaulted by someone who i thought was a friend and i had spent my childhood believing i was going to hell for the abuse i endured i was in a vulnerable state because the one thing i knew in this life is that i needed healing I already carried the beliefs that demons possessed Christians, and I believed that I had demons I couldn't free myself from. I was continually haunted by this since I was a child, believing that something was wrong with me and I needed to find a way to fix it or I wouldn't survive. That's when I found the farm and it all made sense. Jesus would heal me through God encounters at this place. They said the land was special. They said the leader's teaching was special and that God would use it to heal people like me. I was absolutely and completely desperate for that. So when I was told adamantly adamantly not to leave, even for an hour, I dismissed my surprise. I don't think I'd taken that rule as a no exceptions thing, and I told myself if I had needed to leave for something, they would, of course, let me do that. When I was falling into even more depression, I reminded myself that they had said it would be hard at the farm and that a lot of people wouldn't make it. I wanted to make it. I worked hard to show I could be valuable. I gave all my time to manual labor and prayer and worship meetings, but it was never enough because I wasn't measuring up. I was triggered by a lot of Christian media because of my background, and I found solace in some of the work of secular artists who could articulate so well their experience in a relatable way. I came to truly believe that my proclivity to listen to favorite musicians on the farm would bring a demonic presence, and I had an enormous guilt about that. It was not unfounded. As I came to discover... What an individual listens to, watches, reads, says, even how well they can clean, can bring good or bad energy. I had no control over the depression I experienced. I came to believe even my demeanor was causing negativity. This made me hide myself and try and play a part. It made me feel unsafe and unwelcome and somehow ashamed of even more aspects of my life. I wasn't a good enough actor. I sensed I was not liked by leadership and that was not new for me. I had hoped I had finally found a safe place to heal, but actually I landed in one of the least safe places for people with trauma that I can imagine. The worst part for me is that I already deeply distrusted myself, and being there made that so much worse. I watched as the leader's word was respected on a completely different level than anyone else's. I watched as disagreement and questions were labeled as divisive demonic spirits. I received warnings from several people about the farm leadership, which I dismissed. 
Looking back, that scares me. It scared me then, and I just couldn't let myself admit it because my only hope of healing lay with them. They disparaged professional counseling as ineffective and even harmful. Where else would I go? I was terrified all the time, and I didn't know why. It got worse every day. Until the day I finally left, and no one talked to me again. Once I was gone, all the fear that had been growing evaporated off of me, and I was still me, still hurting in the same way. Then I noticed that I had lost a lot of my openness in Christian spaces, which I believe is a long-term effect of being in an environment that was so controlled spiritually. I also struggled to open my Bible because I was afraid of what I'd find. It's hard to unhear the shame and fear that was laced into so many passages. I feel myself wanting to say, I'm sure they have good intentions. I still believe most, if not all of them do. But the truth is, I have no idea where their intentions are in creating and maintaining such an increasingly controlling environment. I think it's telling that I'm still considering their side. I put so much hope in the farm and still wish it had been the piece of heaven and on earth that they said it was. I think it's important to say, whatever their intentions, they are not equipped to help people like me. And because of that, it's really easy for them to hurt people like me who have experienced a lot of control and chaos already at the hands of authority. We don't need more, and we especially don't need more in the name of God. Hey everyone, this is Dee, um, and I just read R's story with you, and SC is here with me to talk about it. Um, kind of go through it and just have a deeper conversation as to maybe what was going on um, in our story. And this story, um, first of all, R, thank you so much for sharing with us. We always appreciate that and for giving us these details because this story too just um, emphasizes even more the similarities between all the stories. So once you get a chance to listen to a few or all of them, you'll start to pick out these patterns and pick out, um, like we said, similarities and just reoccurring things that are alarming. And it's also just consistent in all the stories and which speaks volumes. Um, and so yeah, she came to the farm um, already not feeling well, which so many do. And we see that she leaves the farm feeling worse. And so once again, just another pattern um, and there's just a lot of, a lot of things to kind of, um, dive into here. And so the first thing we were going to kind of talk about is that there was, it seemed to be that she was told or taught, um, that just a lot of the things she thought or liked or said or anything like that, like would be maybe demonic or negative, just a lot of negativity seemed to be, um, poured out on her in different ways. And that's something that is confusing off the bat. Um, and, and she uses a, a lot of words like I felt ashamed or I felt guilty and for things that in a normal, you know, everyday life, I don't know that that would be, you know, normal unless you're on the farm. Um, so SC, what were your thoughts on all this negativity and so-called like, you know, demonic, uh, things, tendencies, I don't even know what you want to call it, but you were there. So maybe you have some experience to share. Well, I mean, I think that nothing that is approved or anything that isn't approved by the farm is basically carries a demonic presence. So even with her connecting through other forms of music that necessarily wouldn't be classified as Christian music, 
if she listened to it, she was told that she would be bringing demonic presence. So it's like, that's a lot of pressure for someone who is, who's coming somewhere to heal, coming from a lot of trauma. And you tell them, if you do this, you're, or you tell that person you do this, you're going to bring demonic presence here. It's like, that's a whole level, another level of pressure and Mm -hmm. shame and guilt of like, did I end up bringing a presence because I listened to this previously? Right. And it's just another fear tactic, Mm. like continuing that trend that we're seeing in these stories. It's fear, 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 fear. Keep them fearful enough that they just don't want to leave because there is a version of safety or a version of heaven here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's, um, there's a part that stands out to, um, when she talks about how, you know, they told, or I was told adamantly not to leave even for an hour. Um, and she kind of dismissed this, not really thinking too much about it until later. Um, even when she was falling into more of a depression and this whole idea of like people told her it would be hard on the farm. Um, and she just wanted to make it like if anybody like myself, I know I'm a people pleaser, right? So you're going to go to a place like that and you're going to want to quote unquote, make it whatever that means. And the fact that people say, it's hard to make it on the farm. That is another, I just know where that you, I mean, yes, in general, going to get help is not going to be easy, but like to make it, what does that mean to make it? That makes it seem like there is this hierarchy of like, you make it to the top of the farm and you're healed. You know, you make it to right. like Rhonda-esque level and then you're healed. And that is super alarming to me. Right. And that just, triggered me to think well I don't want to say well I mean I guess it is triggering a thought but it reminded me of a time that I was told yeah a lot of people don't stay very long or a lot of people end up leaving because it's too hard and back then I don't think I realized what they were saying to me and it's and to them they think it's hard because you have all of these demons and all of these things and people don't want to stick through it I think the the residents who have said this to me maybe judge the people that left early mm. because it's like, oh, see, they didn't stick it. You know, they didn't stick it out. So they're, they left with their demons. They left with their unclean spirits. It's not easy. Right. And it's like, no, actually they left and they probably are in a better place than you, unfortunately, because they're getting real help and probably leaning into the real Jesus that I hope they all find one day. Right, right. And, you know, it's weird to me that there is, I mean, the more that we kind of go through this and dissect a little bit of the stories, there's just more of a, of a, like a hierarchy, like we've already said. And um, yeah, so it sounds like there is this hierarchy or, you know, the longer you stay, the longer you quote unquote make it, there's this some big flashy reward at the end, um, whatever that might be. and that is concerning on so many levels because there shouldn't really be, I mean, the reward should be healing in itself. Like the reward should be that weight lifted off your shoulders when you, when you can walk away knowing like, Hey, I've, I've dealt with this and I do feel better in some sense. And it shouldn't, that just hits me. And like, I just don't understand that at all. And, and it becomes a competition and getting well should never be a competition. Um, right. That's just set you up for comparison. Like, yeah. and that's one thing that even, even in the Bible, it talks to not compare yourself. So why are they literally setting up this whole system where um, there's so much room for comparison? 
Well, it almost feels like that reward at the end is being in Rhonda's good graces and whatever that means. Right. And it's like, ultimately right. the reward, like you said, should be healing and healing through Christ and just having that intimate relationship. Cause I mean, if you're claiming to be a Christian place, then I'm going to assume you're using, you know, the Bible correctly right. and using Jesus correctly to help heal alongside with professionals. Um, but it almost feels like instead of that being the reward, you know, it's Rhonda, like getting into her good graces, right. getting an invitation to go have coffee with her. I mean, I don't know. Right. Well, and, and you, uh, since you've been on the farm too, can you maybe just, this is probably a good opportunity to explain that not many people got to be in the presence of the one and only Rhonda. Like, sorry, that's there's a little sarcasm there. Um, but like, that's the way it was, right? Where it just, it was only certain special people who would get those kinds of um, opportunities. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely never had a conversation one-on-one with Rhonda. It was very evident that she and I would never have a conversation from the moment I got there. So much so that when there was the God Encounter training the that week, um, the person who, because there was two people that connected me to the farm, but the one um, who got me in, she was there and she had been doing like this small group study that is made by psychologists. And she thought it would be a great addition to the farm. And I had gone through this program and I thought it was really, really great. Um, It just, it basically was a lot of um, just diving into a lot of trauma, but through questioning and journaling. And so because you are on the farm for so long and you do supposedly have these times to journal, this would be a great thing to add. And so she wanted me to meet with Rhonda to be able to explain to Rhonda how it was working for me. Rhonda would never give me the time of day to, you know, to tell her about this program because again, she didn't make it up or she didn't copy it herself. So she's not going to hear me out, but, Mm. but you could definitely tell that she had her favorites. She would get excited to see certain women Um, or she would walk into service with some of these women already with her. There were talks about like maybe a couple of the girls having coffee with her. And even some of the women didn't do some of the work uh, that we did outside. So there was definite favoritism being played. So this, yeah. It literally, um, it makes you think of like, the medieval times where a king would pick out somebody, whether it was a woman or whoever to basically be in the court or like be at their right hand. And like, those are the people they favorited. And as soon as they weren't of use to them anymore, bye-bye. Like that's literally what it makes me think of. And that is, is wild to me because like, what messages, what message does that send everybody else? You know, like I would think, Oh, I'm not good enough. Um, or, Hey, I can't, you know, I don't get the time of day with her. And, and if you think about it too, like even, even a pastor, right? Like if we're thinking of the farm as like a church, a religious organization, even a pastor should be taking time to meet with all of his members on some way, like on some level, if they're asking for it. And even if they're not like in, in offering that. And so the fact that she's so, so entitled that she thinks that there's only so few people who should be able to be in her presence is um, it's disgusting in my opinion. And especially it's not like there's a hundred people on this farm. There's, it's not like it'd be overwhelming, especially if she's not working throughout the day, which we've discovered. It just wouldn't be hard. Right. 
Right. And, you know, I go back to, I am like, I'm an empath. So, I mean, I could see a Publix holiday commercial and I'm going to tear up because that's just who I am. (laughs) But for me, if this were my farm, like what a privilege and an honor to own and to have such a great facility to offer healing. Like I would want to have a relationship with every human that steps foot on that farm. I want them to know that they are welcome and that they are loved and that they are cared for and that whatever they need, I will be the one who is stressed out. I will be the one who carries that burden because I want to see them healed and going off into the world. Like, I mean, maybe that's me also coming from like a, you know, a teacher mindset where it's like, every one of my students was valuable and important. And I wanted to make sure that even if I didn't get to have a strong relationship with all 150 of them, that they at least knew that they were cared for. Mm. And so, but that's not Rhonda. And that is just so confusing to me because you have an opportunity to really make an impact and you can impact way more people than you do to your point. Yeah. There's definitely not a hundred people living on that farm. Mm -mm. Like, I think there was maybe 17 or 18 residents when I was there. So it's like, woman, you could give each one a whole week of your time. Right. And still have plenty of room left in your social calendar. <laughs> like, that <laughs> yeah. is what, that's what astounds me. And and for her, this is what's so irritating. For her to think that one of those women or men or whoever isn't worth her time Like, I just want that to settle in for a minute. That's literally, like, her actions are showing us. Her behavior is showing us that she doesn't think that you are worthy of her time. How ungodlike. Right. How ungodlike. I understand she can't be with everyone all at once, but Mm -hmm. it would not, it would not be, it would not be a, um, a tough thing to do. And the fact that she's just not willing to, or she just thinks she's above that is just disturbing. Right. And, and, you know, all of this, you know, that we're, that we're saying is all speculation based on, you know, ours, you know, description of being told that the farm is really hard to get through, Um, which again, to the point that we're saying, it sounds like a challenge, but what is the reward for that challenge? You know, it's like, we're in a game, like, oh, it's going to be really hard for you. Um, And that's just, no one should have that thought. No one should think that he, I mean, healing is hard. But nobody needs to tell you, oh, yeah, healing healing is going to be really hard for you. Like, no one needs to know that. We already know healing is right. hard. You need to be encouraged. And so, yeah, to your point, it doesn't make sense. It, it breaks my heart that there are multiple stories that we continue to read of how much hope is filled in these women when they're about to go to the farm or when they arrive. It's like, I've made it. I'm going to heal. This is going to be great. And then towards the end of these stories, how that is completely shattered, their hearts are broken, or they end up leaving in a worse state than they came. Right. Which is perfect evidence that y'all, whatever healing you're offering, it is not working. Right, exactly. And, and, you know, that's where we appreciate once again, our story of, of sharing this, because it's just another, like, even if you are an ex-farm member, and you also have had this similar experience, like it's so helpful to hear that because there's power in numbers and the more voices we hear, the more we can show that this is the case. And this is, this is proof that this is what is going on here. And so, you know, the bravery and courage that people have had to share these things, even if they've already seen someone else, maybe, maybe talk about it is, is amazing. And this is how we can, how we can discover those patterns and how we can 
really start to try to understand what may be going on over there um, so that we can mm -hmm. get in there and, and get people out um, and keep people from getting stuck into something like that in the future. Um, and so then to, you know, kind of sum up what she, you know, what she shared and stuff like that. She, she does one thing I do want to mention um, or reiterate, I guess. One thing I do want to reiterate is that she says that I gave all my time to manual labor and prayer and worship meetings, but it was never enough because I wasn't measuring up. That is a heartbreaking sentence um, or two sentences. It's just, it's just really tough to hear that um, and read it because she's, she's having to try to measure up. That's the last thing you should have to be thinking about when you're just trying to feel better. And that's, that's like going to the doctor to get, you know, get prescribed something or even just for them to tell you how to help feel better. And them just saying, mm, yeah, you've been trying all these things, but it's just not good enough. So that's it. Right. Like that's not helpful. No, no. And her, there's another sentence where she says that she was also, in addition to feeling all of that, terrified all the time and didn't know why. And mm. like, I will continue to say it every time it comes up in these stories, it's like fear, fear, fear. And so show me where in the Bible fear is from God. Show me because right. so far, all of these stories that we're reading, it's just multiple fear tactics, fear, 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 obsessing over, you know, things that aren't even biblical, fear, 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 fear. And then that's it. There's no right. like joy. There's no real, real, real joy. So it just, it breaks my heart over and over again to read stories of people who feel shame, guilt, terrified, uh, X, Y, Z, because it's not of God. Right. No. And so one thing that, that what you just said made me think of too, is I've yet to read. And I, I get that a lot of people's, um, stories are, are negative because they had a negative experience. So I know it's probably not a whole sum of everything that happened there, but I've yet to hear anything. And even from you, SC, um, it, uh, no celebration whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I, and it literally says in the Bible to celebrate, celebrate with one another and like have joy with one another. And, but there's just, just this constant, there's no coexisting of, you know, joy and uh, sorrow. There's no, there's none of that. It's literally just negative emotions. Um, but then if you do have negative emotions, you have an unclean spirit and you're demonic, but yet where are you putting in good emotions? Where are you putting in positivity? Where are you encouraging these women? And another just mind boggling thought that I had, um, that pop up in these things because it just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you do, cause there, there might be a little celebration, right? There might be, you know, like, oh, I overcame this fear. And it's like, hallelujah, praise Jesus. But then you go into a service where you're being preached about the Delilah spirit. And then you start questioning your own self, like, wait, hold on. And then you're back into this vicious cycle of like, crap, well, I mastered that fear, but here's a list of 20 more that I got to tackle. And so it's just, it's never, it's a never ending list of chaos to keep these people mm. needing Rhonda's teachings. That's what yeah. I think. No, that's, that's a great way to explain it too. Um, and I guess on the last note, we want to emphasize what she says in the last bit of her story um, that she does try to 
you know, think about the fact that they may have had good intentions. Um, and she, she wrestles with this just even in her story and you can see it happening, um, for good reason. She wrestles with it because she, you know, sometimes people can think, well, it wasn't all bad. Like there were some good things. So therefore it can't just be bad. However, um, you know, I don't know that that's a, in my opinion, that's a great way to look at it because there's still bad things that are hurting you and harming you. Um, and they're not helping you. And so she just kind of fights with herself a little bit on that and ends up saying though, but that they're, they don't have good intentions and like, they shouldn't be preaching that they have, um, all the answers or that, you know, using God's name basically in vain in a way of, of saying that, you know, they're, they're, um, doing these things in the name of God when they're, they're right. just not. Right. And it's, I mean, I don't know if I were Rhonda or Danny, I'd, I, you know, I'd be scared to have to face, you know, God one day, because what you're doing is, mm. is the opposite of what he has commanded us to do when we're discipling others. And it just pains me that there are still people there that, I mean, who knows the situation might be even worse. The fear tactics might be even greater because our world is a little scary right now too. And so I don't know what, what Rhonda could be using with that. Yeah, no, I think that it's just, it's really tough and it's hard to imagine, you know, if this is what's been going on in the past, that what's going on now. Um, and we have had word that it is worse um, from some people who have recently gotten out. Um, and so I think that that's just one big thing. And, and you know, SC and I aren't claiming to know it all or to have it all together or to be perfect humans because we just know we're not. Um, however, we do feel led to call out people who are stating to be doing things in the name of God or stating to be, you know, something that they're not, um, especially at the expense of other women and men and children. And, um, that's something that we do feel led to do. And we just kind of wanted to put that out there. Um, but we, we do truly, truly appreciate all these stories and we appreciate you if you're listening. Um, however, if you're, related at all. If, if you're, if you've had direct experience with the farmer, if you haven't, we're just grateful that you're here and listening to these stories and hopefully becoming more aware of things like this in general. And then also the farm. Um, but we, yeah, I don't know. We just can't say how grateful we are for, for that and the support that we've gotten. Um, and we just want to continue to offer support to you all. Thank you for listening to the farm project podcast. Subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new releases and updates. You can visit our website at www.thefarmprojectmo.org. And for more information, you can follow us on social media at thefarmproject_mo. Do you have a story to tell? You aren't alone. We will respect your privacy if you do decide to share it. Our goal is to warn others and also take solace in a shared grief. Connect with us on our website or social media to share your story or to just talk to another ex-farm member. And one last thing before we go, have a question about the episode you just heard? Hop on over to our website and submit your questions by following the link on our homepage.